Thursday. How to be Friday. I need the weekend. Oh, it takes me half the morning to reorganize after being gone for a few hours in the afternoons. Nothing, nothing in its place. Well, we're going to see clouds today. We're going to likely see some rain uh, tonight. Uh, still looks like we're likely going to see some snow. We're going to talk about that weather forecast, that coming up in just a little while. Early morning this morning, flames engulfing a marina in the Seattle University District, burning dozens of boats to alarm fire. Portage Bay, Seattle Fire Department says as many as 30 boats at a dry rack storage facility were burning when firefighters arrived and the fire had spread to an adjacent warehouse. There are reports that the police have captured an arsonist. We'll keep an eye on that one. A missing Washington State woman and her daughter found dead. The police in Clark County making that report. City of Vancouver. Her detectives were notified. And the bodies believed to be those of Mache Melendez, 27, and her daughter. The family members notified. The family had reported not hearing from Melendez since March the 11th. Uh, Melendez and her daughter and an ex-boyfriend had stayed at the home of a friend on the 11th, were seen leaving the following morning. The man arrested on charges including unlawful possession of a firearm and violation of domestic violence orders. Here's kind of how the federal government operates anymore. Um, federal prosecutors disclosed yesterday that a witness that was expected to testify for the defense at a seditious conspiracy trial, one of the Proud Boys and four associates, had been secretly acting as a government informant for the last two years. Since the attack at the Capitol. Of course, uh, he, he was supposed to testify like the next day. A lawyer for the former Proud Boys chapter leader asked the judge to schedule an emergency hearing and suspend the trial until the issues were resolved. The lawyers for the other four defendants joined in that request. The defense team was told by prosecutors yesterday afternoon that the witness they were going to call to the stand for this morning was a government informant. 
Now, the judge has ordered prosecutors to file a response questioning not disclosing that this was a government informant until the late afternoon, the day before he was to testify for the defense. So the judge has put the whole case on hold until tomorrow, the U.S. Attorney's Office had no comment. Spring is here. The temperatures are rising outside and the prices are falling inside at Saunders Furniture in Colville. Spring into savings with Flexdale Reclining Furniture up to 50% off. Plus, don't let inflation keep you from the furniture of your dreams. Saunders Furniture has up to 12 months special financing with 0% interest and $0 down on approved credit. Spring into savings at Saunders Furniture, downtown Colville. Interesting arguments over in Olympia these days. The Democrats are now, it's a term that I am not familiar with. I've got to do some, do some looking, I guess. The Democrats are what they call gaslighting people. Calling for police pursuit reform, according to the state Senate Republican leader. Senator John Brown says Democrat claims that the only reason the public wants a fix to the broken pursuit laws because of police and Republican lies is absurd and offensive. The idea that somehow this problem is just misinformation is nonsense and wrong. We have people that are being harmed in our state. We need to get after this. We need to solve this problem. He says try selling that conspiracy to the families of kids killed in crashes by people who weren't stopped due to the Democrats' criminal-friendly pursuit law. We have people who are dying in our state because of the laws put in place by the Democratic majority. The idea that they made that mistake and then they refused to acknowledge the harm they're doing should be unacceptable to people of the state of Washington. Ron says many Democrats, including Governor Inslee, support the pursuit fix bill that passed in the Senate by a bipartisan majority. He adds the ball is now in the House Democrats' court. Not to allow the Democratic process to continue on this, he says, would be to subvert it to a narrow and dangerous ideology. I'm Tracy Ellis. All right, we'll see if the uh, House makes any headway on uh, giving back the police a little bit of their power. For top-notch customer service and unmatched choices in insurance products, you can depend on the folks at Guide Insurance Services in Colville for home and auto, farm, life, health, personal and business insurance policies, call for a free quote and take advantage of rates, benefits, and services designed to give you more for your money. Call Guide Insurance Services today at 684-5850 or stop in at the Town Center Building, 298 South Main, Suite 101. Well, ahead of tonight's public meeting with the Department of Fish and Wildlife on the sturgeon fishery, the changes starting this year, Here's a summary and a forecast of that fishery. We talked with Bill Baker. 
The Conservation Aquaculture Program has been extremely successful at maintaining the white sturgeon population in Lake Roosevelt and the Upper Columbia River. We had a problem with overrepresented year classes of direct gamete take fish in the population, but that problem was solved by anglers and genetic swamping was avoided. Currently, we have some weaker year classes of wild-caught larvae that are beginning to enter the lower end of the 50 to 63-inch slot, which has been in place the last couple of years. We also have declining abundance of wild adult sturgeon occurring more rapidly in the U.S., and non-harvest-related impacts from the fishery, like hooking mortality, could be contributing. So what will the Lake Roosevelt sturgeon fishery look like for the next few years? We'll be implementing some conservation measures to protect the early year classes of wild-caught larvae and wild adults, including a shortened fishing season, moving to a fall fishery to take advantage of cooler water temperatures, which result in less stress on non-harvested fish, and a gradual tightening of the slot limit over the next six years or so, followed by a period of catch-and-release fishing only. And we'll resume harvest when the 2017 year class is of sufficient size. But we'll have to do that while also limiting impacts to the weaker 2011 to 2016 year classes. So for 2023, the sturgeon season will run from September 16th through November 30th, and the harvest slot will be 53 to 63 inches fork length. Most of the other rules which have been in place over the past few seasons will remain the same, including a daily limit of one fish and a two fish annual limit statewide. Anglers must stop fishing for the day after the daily limit is taken, and for the season after the annual limit has been taken. Catch record cards will still be required and sturgeon will remain closed to night fishing. Other statewide rules for sturgeon will apply. Because the fishing season does not overlap with spawning, all of Lake Roosevelt, including that portion from China Bend upstream to the Canadian border, will be open to fishing. And we intend to maintain a 53 to 63 inch slot for 2023 and 2024. In 2025, we'll likely bump the bottom end of the slot up to 55 inches and maintain that through 2026. Beginning in 2027 and extending through 2028, the bottom end of the slot will likely be bumped upward again, this time to 57 inches. Following that, beginning in 2029, we will enter a period of catch and release only to protect the wild-caught larvae year classes of concern, which cannot withstand harvest. We anticipate that we'll be able to provide harvest opportunity again by 2031, but the details of slot limit and fishing season cannot be determined that far in advance. We'll use a combination of stock assessment data and modeling to inform what the fishery will look like as we get a bit closer, what the anticipated harvest slot and fishing seasons should look like for the next few years. These scenarios represent our current best guess, but may be subject to modification as additional information becomes available. All right, there you have it. Do you have questions about the sturgeon fishery? Sounds to me like uh, if you are a sturgeon fisherman, you better take advantage of it uh, this year and for the next few years before it's closed again for a while. Sturgeon Fishery, they're going to be talking about that at the Ag Trade Center. That's going to be coming up tonight. If you've got questions, you want to be there, get your questions asked. It's underway at 6.30. That'll be at the Ag Trade Center. Well, we are finding out more and more about the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and the ill effects that it's having on... The country's financial system affects each and every one of us. But how does the rest of the world fit 
into this mix. Um, we talked with Michael Letts about uh, the Silicon Bank and Communist China, how this ripple effect is reaching the rest of the world. There is definitely a significant ripple effect. The Swiss Bank, which is having difficulties, has bearing on the American economy and on the American taxpayer as well. So there has always been a move for a one global, one world economy. And now we're seeing the downsides of that because of the fact that if it's controlled by a nefarious party, it can damage not just one country's effect, but have effect worldwide on all countries and bring us all down. And that's where they're headed. They want world dominance because if they can control the world market, the economic market, they can control the world government. And you remember, they're quickly moving towards one world order, one world government and one world economic economy. And they've set the stage. And fortunately for us, we are able to see some of these dips that they've had, some of these mistakes that they have made have caused us to be able to realize what's going on. The question for America is, will we bury our head in the sand or will we realize what is transpiring and take the necessary steps to rally this country, to protect our freedoms and liberty and to protect our future generations? That is the key. As things continue to evolve, I think the American public are becoming more and more aware, unfortunately, that our government has perhaps not had our best interests, America's interests at heart, for quite some time. I think the American public now are realizing that they need to stop, listen with an open mind, investigate themselves, things that are being said, anything that I'm saying, investigate what's being said, and realize and come to the conclusion that America is under attack. And we all have to bound together if we're going to sustain this attack and keep America free. One of the key things that has continued to evolve, policies that this current administration is utilizing that are undermining our freedoms and our liberties and what's driving those policies. And what we begin to discover more and more is just the inerrant corruption that China has been able to place on this administration through Hunter Biden and through those contacts. And the newest way to surface now, it directly affects our taxpayers, is China has made an awful lot of deposits in banking systems across our country to be able to affect our economic policy. And of course, some of those were risky investments. And as we've seen at the SV Bank in California, when those don't pan out and banks have struggles and failures, the American taxpayer is on the stick for having to bail them all out, including the Chinese Communist Party. And I think that's a real affront to Americans to think that an adversary, an arch enemy of our freedom and liberties, that we have to use our hard-earned tax dollars because of policies that the Biden administration has put into place. You know, as you begin to see what has the Chinese government been doing to undermine our liberties and freedoms across this country, it's headline news. They have paid millions of dollars to the Biden family for access to national security documents that have compromised the integrity of this country. That's being investigated now. We have seen them have their surveillance programs. Of course, we shot down a couple of their balloons. They came over sensitive military installations in flight, but they made no doubt about what they're doing there. They have a actually placed Chinese police station to monitor their people, their dissidents here in the United States, to make sure that they were keeping them in line. Even though they escaped communist China, being able to relocate to the United States, they want to make sure they keep their people in place here. And the list goes on and on and on of things that China has done. And now, of course, most recently, we find out that they have made major deposits in a lot of our struggling banking system so that they can dictate and control economic policy. And what's been an insult is when that did not go well, 
and these particular banks have either gone belly up or are threatening to go belly up. We now find out that the Biden administration is guaranteeing that the American taxpayer will bail all depositors out, including the Chinese Communist Party. And that's just the front of the American people. They are in the process now of buying mega acres of property, farmland across the country, and livestock, pasturing property. Media would next to some of our military installations for the ability to not only raise food and control our food supply, but to gain additional military intelligence and access as well. We must understand what is at stake. This is not just a few policies that perhaps you may or may not agree with. This is an all-out attack on the sovereignty of the very nation of our country, the United States of America. The American people need to understand, again, it is not just whether you like the policy, don't like the policy, don't like the way they part their hair, don't like their suit. This is a direct threat on American sovereignty by a foreign superpower, China. And if we don't recognize that, we will lose this war and we will become subservient to China and no longer enjoy the freedoms that our forefathers have enjoyed for 250 years. Michael Letts uh, talking a little bit about uh, the financial situation and uh, the growing Chinese uh, influence here in the United States. And... So it, it it would come to no surprise if you hear it from someone else or that. Uh, yesterday, uh, I did spend the uh, late afternoon meeting with uh, the uh, folks with Bank of America. We had a uh, one of those not so pleasant uh, discussions because. Uh, they had made the decision of uh, the various business interests that I'm involved in that uh, we were leaving Bank of America. Um, in case you were unaware, Bank of America, at, they decided that they would turn over all of the credit card data to the federal government from back uh, January 6th of people that uh, were normally not in Washington, D.C. And these were people that uh, were from around the country but had credit card charges January 6th in Washington, D.C. And Bank of America thought that that was just an important thing to turn over to the federal government. They weren't under any court order. They hadn't been subpoenaed. They hadn't been anything. They just thought that that was the way that they should do business. And uh, I disagreed with that. Thought that uh, it was a real invasion of privacy for everyone that had a Bank of America account. And so it had troubled me for quite some time. And finally, yesterday, we had our meeting with the Bank of America folks and have uh, are in the process today of severing our ties with B of A. Voggin Brothers Lumber, a leader in the forest products industry, is now offering a free forest health checkup. If you have 10 or more acres of timberland, Voggin Brothers Lumber can help you determine if your family's forest is healthy and fire resilient. 
Schedule your free forest evaluation today by calling Vaughan Brothers Lumber at 684-5071. Vaughan Brothers Lumber, adding value to the forest for people, products, and the environment. We are getting really, really close to the start of the regular season for Major League Baseball, and uh, the Mariners kind of into the last, uh, the last week here of the preseason spring training time. The uh, broadcast coverage for Mariner baseball we're going to start on Saturday: Arizona Diamondbacks and the M's. Then Sunday, it's down at San. It's uh, taking on San Diego. Monday, the Mariners also play San Diego, and then it's north to Seattle to start at home regular season baseball. And of course, again this year, that will be on ninety-two point one KCRK. And we've got basketball going to be on the radio Saturday. And Sunday, yeah, we're down to the, uh, going to be down to the Elite Eight. Tonight, Gonzaga takes on UCLA. See if the Zags can pick up the win. Apparently, UCLA has some injury issues, although still like 70% of the uh, sports betting is going to UCLA, and UCLA still favored. But uh, Gonzaga, UCLA tonight should be a fabulous game. All the national folks are talking that this is this is going to be potentially one of the games of this uh, NC2A tournament. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully Gonzaga can get the win, and then they'll be back in action over the weekend. NC2A tournament in full swing. Whole lot of upsets this year. Um, I, I haven't even looked to see where where my bracketing stands because I lost so many early, early games. Boy, it was no loss for the Colville uh, team yesterday. It was all Crimson Hawks. Colville defeating Freeman. 10 nothing in five innings. We had that game on the radio on KCVL yesterday. Uh, Colville pitcher Mandy Sumner allowed just one hit in five innings. Uh, Ten runs, seven hits for Colville. Sumner had nine strikeouts in that game. Uh, coming up next for Colville, going to be a doubleheader this Saturday. That will be at... East Valley off to a good start softball-wise for Colville. A look at today's local weather forecasts brought to you by Forget-Me-Not, 173 South Main. They are loaded up vintage and retro items, home decor, lots of great gifts for any occasion at Forget-Me-Not. Open Monday through Friday, 10 till 5. Saturday, 10 till 4. Well, it's going to rain. Probably a little before noon. And then continue on through the early afternoon. 
And then this evening, it's going to be cold enough. It's going to be snow. Maybe a half inch of snow. That's about it. And then it's going to melt off good yes, t tomorrow. Uh, snow likely between about 1 in the morning and 4 in the morning. Um, maybe a little more snow early tomorrow morning and then turn to rain. Uh, going to be mostly cloudy by Friday. Uh, about 2 in the afternoon, the... Um, uh, rain and snow should stop. 46 with the high, an overnight low of 25. More rain and snow Friday night. Showers on Saturday. Mostly cloudy Saturday night. More showers on Sunday, a high of 47. Overnight low, 27. Back to the 50-degree mark on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. They're going to be low 50s every day. Overnight lows still a little below freezing. Forget me not, they've got balloons. They've got, you know, just about any occasion. Doesn't matter, birthday, new baby, get well. You're going to find Forget Me Not at 173 South Main. It is 28 degrees. It's Thursday, and I can't see the weekend yet. I guess I'll have to wait till tomorrow. Thursday morning, I'm Eric Carpenter, and this is KCVL KCRK.